Welcome to Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and her panel of guests bring you leading-edge astrology conversations through a journey of soul growth patterns connecting astrology's energetic cycles. Get ready to understand your path in the cosmic roots of the stars. Hi, I'm Sue Rose Minahan, and I'm the founding host of Talk Cosmos, Awakening the Authentic Self. And today is April 3rd, 2022. And we are in that Aries archetypal time right after the equinox, the vernal equinox, where self-identity is the mantra, one could say, as we're forging ahead on our path, wherever that might take us. So our subject today, though, it happens to be Saturn, because tomorrow on the 4th, it's going to be conjunct Mars. It does it every two years. Last time was in 2020 during the start of COVID at zero degrees Aquarius. And that happened to be just after the grand, no, it was leading up to the grand conjunction. So all this, not to be hocus pocus, but the fact is that there's incremental shifts of awakening of awareness that we experience that later we can thread back to because it's one angle that peaks open some energy in us. Now, tomorrow, this conjunction between Mars, the activator, and Saturn, the regulator, you might say. So it's the brakes and the engine at the same time, which manage to co, well, they function, and we shall find out how, as possibilities, at 22 degrees. So now it's in the third decan. And you could say if it's, if you divide any 30 degrees into three equal parts called decan, decans, D-E-C-A-N. The first is of the sign. The next is of the elemental sign. So being an Aquarius, this is a Libran energy. One could say as a little overlay. If you're going to take a photograph, the old time photographers, not that long ago, would take a lens and stick a filter and stick it on their lens to give an extra effect now that we do digitally. So this is an after, you could say a flavor, as a lot of people talk about food, but a lens that is significant. So as we're networking, we're thinking about our relationships too. So these two powerhouses are together and they're squaring. That means intention to the nodes, which is where we're coming from, the lunar nodes that is, from our past history that we're all familiar with, happens to be in Scorpio, of our committed relationships and resources for power or lack of power, and our authentic, no, you're not necessarily authentic, but our, who we are as self, um, self-reliancy with our own resources for our survival, you could say, in Taurus. It's strong energy. Uh, you can see it around the world right now. And that's happening tomorrow. And then again on the 11th, Saturn itself will be absolutely exact by itself. And it's staying in that theme for the month. Okay. I've spoken a lot more and giving you an idea because we may go in different directions as we usually do in this dynamic panel. Okay. We are ready for Planet Buzz. Focusing on planetary ecliptic orbital cycles, 
and planetary pairs called synodic cycles connecting the planets at the same degree that begin our relationship, these are the members of Planet Buzz. I'm Sue Rose Minahan, host of Talk Cosmos, an evolutionary astrologer and consultant, plus a certified color energy coach. I explore creative expression as an artist, a musician, and write abundantly stories to poetry. I love investigating mythology's language, philosophizing eternity, and I'm a perpetual student of life, seeing oneness of body, spirit of people, animals, and nature. I'm Leslie Francis, author of the 2019 and 2020 Llewellyn Sunsign books, a practicing professional astrologer intuitive, a lecturer, and host of my own podcast, Coloring Outside the Box. My lifelong search to understand what it is to be human led me to develop my own approach to astrology called Purpose-Centered Astrology. I passionately seek to support people in their greatest act of creativity, living life, through consultations and webinars. Creator of Star Cards, I love talking and making people laugh. And I'm Dr. Laura Tad. I have a PhD in human science and work as a spiritually oriented psychological astrologer with people around the world. I teach and lecture on astrology both in person and remotely. I have a blog. I have written for the Mountain Astrologer, Celestial Vibes, and Tarot.com. Additionally, I am the educational coordinator for Live Life Resources, an educational nonprofit specializing in resiliency training, education, and research. And as the ancient Hermetic Code reveals, as below, so above. As above, so below. Yes, 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 it is so true. Well, I need to add the other part of our title is accountability for humanity. Accountability attached to Saturn and humanity attached to the Aquarius because we know that Saturn is structures, rules, authority, ethics, and Aquarius is more social in the sense. Well, they're both social. They're both on that element, but it's more of um, cultural or conditioning. So a lot of ethics. So hi, Leslie. Hi, Laura. Hi. Dr. Kat. Yeah. It's great to be together again. And uh Maybe what we need to do is just immediately bring up this uh, um, this chart. Oh, share screen. Okay, there it is. And uh, let's see. Am I? It was there for. A yeah, it was. Second. Let's see. I was trying to. Where? What number? I'm trying to navigate this long thing that we have. Darn nation. Okay, let's go I think back. You got to go. Yeah, yeah, I don't understand. I must have started from the beginning or something. Oh, boy. We're getting to the punchline way ahead that we may not even lead to so that people can. What's wrong? Okay. There we go. Is right. that? I thought I yeah. had a little a little slide prior to this. That was a thing. And I, I don't know where it went. All right. Okay. There, yeah. Oh, every time I click it, something <laughs> happens. Okay. Um. Nathan, maybe. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. Thank you. Uh, yeah. So. All right. So all right, I thought we were going to start by looking at the chart, but. Yeah, we are. Okay. okay. Uh, Nathan, maybe you can get it back here again. I'm having too much fun. Uh, I see. 
Okay, there we are. <laughs> There's a charm. Okay. Just don't okay. touch anything now. No, that's right. <laughs> Good thing I'm not president, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, laughter well, that would be is always a fun good ride if you were president. Actually, <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, we do have comedians. I mean, look at dear, wonderful um, Zelensky over there in in Ukraine. It's possible. And who knows who else is a closet uh, comedian? I mean, we might say and and and, and humor. Now, this is a little bit of a sideline, but as we know, the Oscars had a little question about what humor is. And there's many sides you could take. And from my own side, it's like, hey, maybe they both should be in the corner. Maybe this idea <laughs> of humor is way off. I mean, who says that we humor isolates and pokes fun? Isn't it supposed to be that reflection that goes, oh, oh my gosh, look how what an idiot I was, you know? Well, Mars like, had are, just gotten into Aries, so, you yeah. know. Yeah, and are the, men, are the men in the world going, oh, my hair, gee whiz. Am I spending time? Uh, um, 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 where's my wig? <laughs> you know? It's like, it, yeah, it's an interesting phenomena. Any rate, so, so yeah, well, I, it's we're looking at so first to look at just the Mars Saturn conjunction, right? And so, as you were saying, it does happen roughly every two years, right? Because Mars takes 22 months to go around the zodiac, so we had this almost exactly two years ago, just as the whole world shut down. And thinking about the part of Aquarius that governs technology, right? I think that's a lot of how we saw it sort of explode in March, 2020 was the whole world went virtual, right? School went virtual, Perfect. work went virtual. Um, our social lives went virtual, right? And if Aquarius governs our community and our tribe, our tribe was suddenly virtual um right was a lot of how yes. that manifested previously and i just did a quick little like cursory look at the last time these two were conjunct in aquarius so the last few times so the most recent one other than 2020 was 92 when we had i i barely remember this but if there was a computer virus called the Michelangelo virus, but it would have been very, very early days of the internet. If we're talking March, oh, 20, yeah. March 92, yeah, really early days of the internet. So yep. one of the first computer viruses that was affecting the general population. Right. And again, like, so that Aquarian Aquarius governing technology that may have been, like, okay, so 2020, it was a different and there, kind there, of virus. And there was a lot, that's right, because there was a lot of um, Neptune Piscine energy at that time. I'm trying to remember, but back in the 90s, right? I mean, the, uh, wasn't Uranus? Neptune was in Capricorn. Okay, mm -hmm. I'm trying in to. In the early 90s, I can't remember. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. No, that's right. Yeah, but Neptune and Uranus were conjunct, weren't they? But it would have been Capricorn in '92. Yeah, okay, it wasn't Aquarius okay. or Pisces. Yeah, um, yeah. And then the one before that. So they were at, that was that conjunction was at 13 degrees. In '64, it was at 25, which is pretty close to what we've got going on now. And the first two times the Beatles were on live television, bookended, were on either, so five days before was their first show on Ed Sullivan show, and then the 16th, so it was, the conjunction was February 14th, 
they were on a few days before and two days after this conjunction. And I think I brought that in as part of just because television being the cutting edge technology of that era um, yes. and what that did um, and that that being part of and how that also brought this sense of community to Beatlemania, right? And this interconnection. Well, I saw other than, it. <laughs> other than Elvis Presley, they might've been the first global superstars. Yeah. Yeah. Or what about Frank Sinatra? I don't know how he went. I remember he was, of course, huge. And he even hired people to swoon and that kind of got the whole thing going. The swooning <laughs> bit. He did, you know, those were smart cats, you might say back then. But yeah. But um, he had to pay for them? <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, it was, I don't think they paid. They went like, hey, you're going to do this. I don't know. But it was part of the drama, right? It's like they had a lot of theater back then, too. They knew, understood about melodrama and all this and how to get marketing, marketing audience. Marketing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, well, and I think that that's part of this because so in the 60s, you had these two that were sort of next to each other that because what the one of the Beatles was the the conjunction was at 25 degrees. So in 62, there was a conjunction at four degrees, pretty much within a couple days of the conjunction was when Jackie Kennedy did the televised tour of the White House. Ah, yeah. Oh, and brought it to public. You know, and that's what, having watched the Queen, whatever it is on Netflix, Elizabeth decided she wasn't going to be maybe it wasn't that I think Jackie went somewhere else but anyway there was a little competition between the two of them they weren't going to get upstaged and so Elizabeth also started going into more uh bringing the public in so it's um, fascinating yeah and then within, you know right around that time in because that was in February so still in February John Glenn orbits the earth for the first time wow when was that again in 62 Oh, yeah. Right? I know it gets so, overshadowed by the fact that they went to the moon. Right. But that mind. was the first American yeah. to orbit the Earth was just as this conjunction was happening. Um, so I think we can expect in these coming, right, it's tomorrow, but in this next, the month of April, <clears throat> we may see some leaps with technology or new uses of cutting edge technology. So do you know that the first private astronauts leave for the international space station tomorrow oh there you go first and time that it that the funding has not been a uh, government funding and it's been private people funding this operation and, and it's going not to... just the like slingshot up in space for zero gravity for 30 seconds and back down no they're <clears throat> they're going to the international space station for seven days or 10 days something like that oh my goodness we're meanwhile we the have... soviet union has announced that it will no longer be um involved into in, with the international space station <clears throat> as a result of the war in the ukraine mm. oh well, that is another until sense we of, stop trying to starve Russia. Yeah, another sense of exterior. Um, what I'm trying, what I'm saying is community, as you've said. I mean, thinking of the television, then space, the internet, virtual, and now literally physically going out into space, and people going out into space. It, it is quite a, <laughs> a a stepping stone of of. I mean, it's. Thank you. That's yeah, I just so just thinking of like yeah these leaps in technology or how television. I mean, 
without getting into the minutia of what happened at the Oscars, it's still, it was televised, which is why it's such a big deal. Right. Yeah. So like the Beatles being televised, the tele the white house being televised, the use of technology and how that shifts, how we engage with each other as fellow humans. Um, and what's, and I do think that we'll be seeing that maybe throughout the month of April. And what's so important here, of course, <laughs> we have this dual, um, uh, energies of, 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 um, of, of, planetary connections because i'm looking at jupiter and and neptune that are only uh, less than a degree apart from each or, or within a degree of each other that will remain in orb all the way through i think it is um close degree of the 16th of april but it goes into may it's it's anyway it's it, within two degrees you know, this long, and it's in Pisces. It's all in film, isn't it? So that is really another way of breaking boundaries. You know, when we look at all of this, I think with Mars, it's breaking the boundaries. Yeah, I mean, I, or what's real? Yeah. And, right? and, I mean, and that's the, part of that Jupiter-Neptune conjunction is what's real and what's illusion? What's delusion? Right. I mean, it yes. can amplify the shadow part of that Piscean Neptunian archetype of delusion, illusion, not connected with reality. And I think it's trying to break free going back to yesterday's conjunction with Chiron and Mercury. That's a, this identity at the core of us that needs to be that's uh, on a new path. You know, it's an Aries. So there's a new bunch of of realities, whether we're going up into space or whether, who are we going to poke fun at or how are we going to help our neighbors globally? Like what's the right to be alive? You know, I mean, can we have peace? Cause Venus is really, isn't she always who we're looking at with the North node in, although, okay. North node of Taurus, but then again, bringing up that the square really relates to the south node, right? Well, whenever you have a um, a planet squares and nodes and it being Saturn, then there is the call to truly integrate both ends of that opposition. So, you know, you know, how do we create a new foundation that that is actually built on something practical, not necessarily based on some on this need to be in control like you know that is the shadow side of saturn is the need to try to control and then mars comes along and mars goes and it's in aquarius goes yeah you can control me yeah (laughs) freedom me i'm gonna do my own thing so how do we bring those energies together to create a better world to live in it is. It, thankfully, there's a lot of energies in here because, and a lot of voices. And I think for inclusivity, if I look at that Jupiter, the the the, the framework of our beliefs and the and the powers of of Neptune of of of, of the mystic and all of, of of spirit, that it's inclusive again and again. We're getting this message that the voices they all have to be heard. We're just going to have to learn to tolerate and accept well identities 
The wow. really interesting thing, if you look at, at, at this chart, other than Ceres, everything is contained within that moon trying Pluto. Mm -hmm. That's a lot of energy all in one section of that. Con if you want to talk about one section of our consciousness. It is perfect. So trying Thank to you. forge new paths, being, you know, and it's interesting, you know, I, you know, you were talking about the, uh, the Chiron and Mercury being Kazemi, the sun within a day of each other. And so uh, words do matter. Words do matter. Um, and how can we use language as an avenue for healing? Mm -hmm. Oh, that's good, isn't it? And which gets along back to humor. I mean, you know, humor has a voice. Humor is part of joy. Humor needs to be something that rebirths yeah and i think though there's this caution of the aries right which is speaking before you think <laughs> i've never been guilty of that ah <laughs> uh, right i mean natally really? it's like you usually see no. kids who have mercury and aries talk really young right but you can mm -hmm. also yeah you can speak claim to have a like conclusive ideas before you've thought stuff through because the Aries is rushing energy in general, right? And so that can be a vulnerability oh, yeah. right now. Yeah. And Mercury sex down Mars. Yeah. Like some people actually consider that Mercury is exalted in Aquarius. I learned that when I first started studying and only to discover it. I think it was a, a preference of maybe it was Ivy Goldstein Jacobs and I can't remember, but... Mm -hmm. But if you looked at it that way, that would explain exactly what happened on stage at the Oscars. Yeah. Well, I don't know that when he got up, he intended to hit him. I don't think that's what he intended to do, but he did it. Well, I was trying to think about what the options would be. And I thought, you know, if a person went up and did like a mug shot, like just exaggerated it, but didn't do it. It's like, hey, I mean, it would still be a gamble, right? Because you have to say there's a lot of gamble if if the mind is working right to go like, I'm going to risk this, but it's a payoff is good. But the point is, is that it would have to be like, okay, say, you know what? You made me so mad that I boom and it'd be over the head or something, obviously like a joke type thing. And then the two of them could spar and leave. But the point being really is rather than try to uh, correct that scenario, I think that the statements are A, violence isn't going to work, and B, hey, maybe our humor needs to be readjusted. So if we go back to this moon and Pluto that you brought up, Leslie, and go ahead with what you're going to say, I think this is really powerful. That's a very but, but, good... Mm -hmm. But here's the deal. Your reaction, your response belongs to you. And what you choose to do is your choice. So, you know, all this discussion back and forth about whose fault it was. Oh, I wasn't thinking about fault. No, no, no. I know, but, but that is also part of the Saturn archetype. Mm -hmm. Oh, yes, right? yes. The whole, driving at home. Yeah. So instead, of that's why I don't even use the word responsibility anymore, because people associate that with blame. I that's why I like the fact that you guys use the word accountability. Oh. Because that doesn't seem to have the same emotional. Isn't that a shame that people haven't taken the idea? If this is true, I, I, I go back to <laughs> Kate, Bryant Katie, you know, that, you know, which I do naturally anyway. I question it. I go like, is that really true? But, 
it just seems like who else can be in control if I don't take responsibility for some for my well, own but, self? So it, but it can be a language thing, right? So you can be yeah, accountable for yourself, right? It's sort of like the difference. I okay years ago I heard this great piece on NPR where they had a linguist on, and he was talking about how in Germany the Germans have adopted the word "I'm sorry." Oh. Or the phrase, I'm sorry, because it's yes. a way of apologizing without accountability. Uh, oh, they think it's that? I never thought that. I always thought that well, two see, went together. Yeah, it's so, so I think those words, sorry, I'm sorry. Sorry, it can be, you feel bad that they feel bad. It doesn't necessarily, I apologize is taking accountability. I'm oh, sorry doesn't necessarily mean that you're taking accountability. Well, see, we came, because they there said, was Go ahead. What I was, so the reason they've adopted it is that a way of apologizing without accountability doesn't exist in the German language. And See, so and I always think that I, when I say I'm sorry, I'm being accountable for myself. Well, that, Leslie, I, when I was, and I apologize here. That's a good way of saying it. Instead of sorry, I apologize. Please forgive me I for blurting in. But I remember distinctly Love Story way back. My husband and I were just, I mean, that was like I was 18 years old. This, or, you know, this story comes out about Love Story. And it's like, never say you're sorry. And it was like, what does that mean? And it seems like it connoted that somehow you were responding. I never did figure that out. It's like, well, how no, come... You know, it, it just didn't toxic. make sense. It's yeah, the whole toxic, thing. Actually. Whereas working for the airlines, which I did for many years, you're taught and trained to say, I'm sorry at everything. And that is huge with customer service. It makes me so mad every time I hear someone say, I'm sorry. It's like, ah, gets me going. But I refrain because it's not the point. <laughs> so I think anyway. it's time for a break. Oh my goodness, it is. We have just, well, almost. Is it really? Don't we have a, okay. We he don't. said time for a break when you're ready. All right. You ready? Well, thank you. I, I guess we are because we're looking, just to recap, between that highly dynamic, emotional business. You consider you have the moon, our emotions packaged with transformational control Pluto over there. Well, of course, we're kind of navigating this. Well, we'll go into some other charts. Thank you, Leslie. Thank you, Laura. Dr. Tad will be right back with Planet Buzz, April 3rd. And we'll talk about all these constraints as they want to reckon with our life. Not That's not wreck. That's reckon. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we take a break from this week's edition of Talk Cosmos, let's take a look at this cycle's archetype. We're currently in the period of Aries. By leaving a cycle based upon completion, the energy of Aries sparks initiation, creating action to separate into a new cycle of life. It's a fire sign, which means it will involve great emotion. And because separation may create resistance, it also takes great courage to break away to new ways of becoming. Hi, it's Dr. Laura Tad here to let you know I have an upcoming online course in personal mythology. In this course, you will explore the stories that you carry and how they impact your life. Some of these stories you have unconsciously inherited from your ancestors. Others are more culturally tied. 
As you unpack these stories, you will come to see which ones support you and your highest potential, and which ones you've outgrown and could use a rewrite. Class starts in April. Space is limited. For more information and to register, please go to my website, mythicsky.com. I hope to see you there. Talk Cosmos brings you leading-edge astrological conversations with hour-long programs each week on KKNW. The show goes live every Sunday from 1 to 2 p.m. Pacific. Talk Cosmos weekly programs are also available to watch live on Facebook and YouTube, along with daily chats throughout the week on the Talk Cosmos YouTube channel. While you're there, make sure you click like and subscribe buttons so you can get the full Talk Cosmos experience. Or, if you'd rather listen to the show archives with audio only, the entire podcast collection since 2018 is available on most podcast carriers. So, grab your coffee, tea, or kombucha and enjoy the show. Welcome, stargazers. This is Katie Kadge, evolutionary astrologer at Cara Evolutionary Astrology. And you're listening to Talk Cosmos on Alternative Talk, 1150 AM where we understand how to implement our free will through the cosmos. Easy on the ears, good for the soul. Alternative Talk, 1150. Hi again. Well, I was searching. We're going to go to the next chart, and hopefully we'll get to some of those other charts. And if we could, we'll go, I think, um, let's see if I can do that. This one's going to be when it's exactly square, which is on the 11th at minutes and everything. And it's just the day before the famous 166-year Jupiter-Neptune conjunction. So let's go look at it. Here it is. And I think a couple of ideas I want to throw out that we had in our little mini talk, Laura and I, was, Laura, you asked, what are we, what are you? In other words, what could one be upholding? That's one idea. Because it is in this uh, tension-oriented struggle between our shadow side and our resilient side of where the power is in ourself, you might say. And then, too, thinking about that moon, well, I, yeah, I guess so, because it's, well, I, I remember we brought about Hecate, some of the mythology that she's on the threshold of, uh, um, of three well we won't go there let's the conditioning let's stick with conditioning and what are we upholding to enter thoughts about this real square that saturn's having on the 11th of of april and this chart happens to be in on the east coast at ten thirty in the morning I mean, well, I it I mean it it's de- we're dealing with this polarity, right, of the nodal axis, and as Leslie was saying before, it's like so because there's a square to the nodes, we have to resolve both archetypes, right? We're yeah. not going toward one or the other in a singularity. There's unresolved <sighs> collective issues, and really, we're dealing with a grand square, right? I mean, it's not exact, but the moon's. Close enough. You know, it's close enough. We're, it's what, like a four degree, five well, degree and the, Well, and the moon is applying, so that makes it even stronger. Yeah. Good. Thank you, both of you, for following through. Let's go to our personal worlds. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> like Why? we always do. Why? Yeah, I know. It's like, what am I going to reveal? <laughs> I don't know. Scorpio. I hadn't even thought about it until no, I now. Haven't so I don't know. Um, so if anybody has something, I mean, I don't know because the North <laughs> Node is exactly conjunct my tor, my Jupiter. My Jupiter well, is twenty-two. Of, of redefining, like this class you're doing that I took last year, and that you're adjusting to to make it. Um, a real connection you know so people are going to have time with you it sounds like a very exciting class I learned a great deal of my own mythology you know in that class so that would be very related to your Jupiter, yeah. you know, I mean, philosophy. Your nodal axis is. my nodes are Taurus Scorpio but flipped I've got a north node in Scorpio but they're know, 10 but where 10 fifth uh, and 11th ah. but my Jupiter's in the sixth which so, we need to make that sensible to people. Maybe why did you ask, or why does that matter? Or, because I get because people, I had people going that, like, "Well, what?" Mm -hmm. I had a thought that was um, not actually connected to where her placement is, but you know, one of the things I, I um, so see, it, my brain is just not working. Okay, so the North Nose and Taurus in your fifth house. In yes, yeah, okay time to get creative time to but so it's not like, conjunct my north node it's conjunct my jupiter in the sixth the north yeah, and current and, north node and that was the north and, node is in your fifth house what is the fifth house about but leslie that's about, why i brought no, up the fact I'm confused that now, well, yeah. leslie yeah. just a moment just in commentary just to kind of keep flowing here a little bit um the re laura as we know has this class that's during mm -hmm. coming up it's a creative project that is creative and it's sure, and but, it's, but and it's with a, a philosophical a bent is hmm? so my natal south node in taurus is in the fifth my jupiter oh, at 22 degrees taurus is in the sixth so transiting north node is in my sixth so what does all that mean let's let's get that so, if we're going to get to that kind of detail we need to flush right it but out. i was it's not creative projects because it's sixth house, not fifth. So I was clarifying. Ah, sorry about that. Okay. Getting at so. Um, right. My okay, thank you. Um, but so that I mean it, and I also natally have Saturn square the nodes, but I have Saturn in Leo, right? So this particular configuration, even I live with Saturn square the nodes always, <laughs> and the same archetypes—they're just flipped. But the unresolved issue of Taurus and Scorpio as it relates to Saturn is my life, right? Um, so dealing with personal authority, right? And the creative piece maybe that you're picking up on, Sue, is that natally my Saturn's in Leo, right? So owning my own creativity. Being yeah, a, I think right? it's, it's very strongly related and we can get picky about this or that. I mean, I think of it kind of like delineating down to the details, but just looking at the whole picture what you're doing in your life right now is very related to this energy because it, it, it are your mythology and, and who you are is all about our manifestation and, and the identity, you know, in, 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 it all seems to be related, I suppose. Anyway, I appreciate the fact that you ventured yourself first because Leslie and I are a little bit on the fence. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, my point was more, it's 
very acutely <clears throat> impacting my chart, right? Like I've got like a couple minute orb of exactly hitting my chart. Well, so it's and very the other thing is that, I mean, it, it's a, it's, it's a double or triple whammy for you, but whenever, um, an aspect appears in the sky that mirrors a pattern that you have in your chart, it doesn't even matter if it's in the same sign, that energy is present. And so lucky you, you get all that (laughs) stuff to do. I'm just going to ask, I'm going to ask more, Laura, if you're willing, like what, what is this, um, doing with between, the Scorpio and the Taurus, you I mean, know, I, between the nodes. Partly it has to do with, because it's sixth house really of what's being impacted for me. Um, all right. So I've been doing a cleanse since the first, like the, since January, mm. right? Sixth house being health and daily activity and routine, right? So that's part of, I think, how this is manifesting and how do I, transition out of it right in the scorpio Mm. polarity or the torrent stubbornness of i'm eating the same restricted diet for four months now yeah (laughs) you know that is interesting i've been dealing with diet also because of cholesterol um trying to control the cholesterol which is a family issue that we my sisters and i have inherited from our mother and uh, so I realized that in my case, I'm fortunately, if I address the weight and, and what I'm eating. So and I, I try and figure out, is this at all related? Because in my chart, it would be OK. It would be the eighth. Oh, it'd be the third and the ninth house is where it's at. Yeah, because, um, you know, my everything is ruled by the very last degree, but then every the next sign. So in other words, the south node is in my third house and the north node would be in the, um, yeah, and it would be Saturn would in the ninth and Saturn would be in the fifth. So uh, I can't really say that diet's part of that. I must say it's all about talk cosmos really in a certain it's attitude, it's philosophy, attitude, it's speaking, it's the program itself. It's, I'm really, I've just become an LLC and going to be at Norway. Well, that's the turn-in. Yeah. And, and in Mar- uh, Memorial Day, we'll be at Norwalk. And so I need to prepare for that, get, you know, the necessary banner and, and get, uh, t-shirts, you know, people can start if they want buy a t-shirt. I'm not, you know, it's just like, why not? It's a great logo, but it, the basic purpose of it is to expand and connect with astrologers and, and maybe get, find people that would like to be on the open events. Like next week will be two people from England will be Wendy Stacy and Israel Jose, which are and then, going to be yeah. quite I mean, that's, exciting. Yeah, could be because one of the things Aquarius rules, right? As we've all sort of said, Aquarius rules astrology, right? And so you mm-hmm. that LLC in a, an astrology LLC, right? Could be that Saturn 
Aquarius and depending on how that's aspecting your chart of concretizing the business, which Saturn concretizes things, right? It manifest makes manifest. Well, my Jupiter is in Aquarius and my part of fortune is in Aquarius at six degrees. So it's, but then that's 22 degrees, which is a ways away. Yeah. And it's, it's actually opposite my uh, series at 26. So it's a matter of nurturing. But, but come to think of it, Ninth House would be culture. So, you know, expanding over to Britain would be, that'll be on the 10th. So that's well, I pretty exciting. With your North Node and Aries, you should be paying attention to the chart that has the Mars-Saturn conjunction. Tomorrow. Where the nodes. Okay. Right? Because yeah. if Mars rules your North Node, yes. this is why things get fairly complex. Yes, they do. So, Leslie, our, thank you both very much. And I hope this translates to our audience on how things so, can get personalized. What would happen you would want to share? Well, so it's been a really interesting time as we approach this because God knows what's going to happen afterwards. But um, during it, so uh, the transiting nodes are in transiting north nodes intercepted in my 10th house. Therefore, the transiting south node is intercepted in my fourth house. Mm. So um, a lot of family dynamics going on, south node stuff. To, so right, right. So before this, I found out that I have a connection to a publishing company uh, that I'm pursuing and the opportunity to write for an online British magazine that has 1.6 million subscribers to build my social media presence. And so as most things in my life, it sort of drops in when it's supposed to drop in. Mm -hmm. But right after this, there was a family crisis connected. So, and, and it, and initially it looked like it was about my uh, younger son, cause it is his crisis, but it triggered a lot of internal emotional stuff for me about my childhood. Mm -hmm. So the two axes are, <laughs> Um, and in very, being engaged and interestingly enough, the south nodal part really sucked up all the oxygen for a while. So I'm looking forward to the square because I think that that's going to bring things into a better balance. Mm -hmm. I think for being so vulnerable. And, you know, I just realized as you were talking, my brain was going towards the personal because um, there's been health issues here quite a bit of my own or my husband's. And I realized, you know what? We're not just dealing with this Saturn. It is also Jupiter and Neptune in Pisces. Of course, that's in my sixth house of personal diet and everyday living and everything else. So it is quite a... Well, that's really interesting because you won't enjoy restrictions. <laughs> <laughs> Jupiter and Neptune in the sixth house are not inclined to restriction. Oh, yes. Well, yeah, we're we're trying to keep focused all the time. We, so, I, the world. <laughs> so the only thing I would suggest is that then you not see it as a restriction, but merely a reorganization. Thank you. I love that. Yes. And I will do that. So what are we upholding? Well, we, I think that could be related to conditions, but let's 
Shall we, how many minutes do we have? We have about 10. Is there anything else we want to say this or should we go to some of these well, other charts? Mm-hmm. Well, I do think that, that um, you know, because I, we've talked about this before, I think it's sometimes hard for people to believe that if you are accountable for your own life, you make a contribution to the world around you mm-hmm. because you're no mm-hmm. longer toxic or taking up psychic or emotional space or physical space or intellectual space where you're not accountable for your life, your, your consciousness, the whole nine yards. I mean, I know that, you know, people say, well, how can that possibly make a difference? Well, then you just have to talk about the tipping point. You know, not all of society needs to change, just enough people need to change. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's the whole hundredth monkey theory. Yes. Right. Yeah. That's um, what I was alluding to, but I forgot what it was called. <laughs> where, you know, like a, you, you hit this tipping point, you hit this critical mass where things just shift globally. And also, whomever you're engaged with, you know, we, you may have you, us being more accountable for our own lives means that the other people in our lives aren't stressed out about needing to support us. And so they're able to navigate their lives differently. And that's part of that domino effect as well, or in a positive sense, it's like sometimes the part of me that wanted to become a civil rights attorney feels like I got off the train too early because I was annoyed with how broken the system was. No, but, you know, I had, you know, like most 18, 19 year olds felt disillusioned and changed trajectories. But then I can see some of the clients that I have and say, oh, well, I have clients that are movers and shakers. I have clients that are in positions where they're making differences around social justice issues. And so my helping them through their stuff is my way of living into that social justice side of me that, you know, sad rising. I would pack yeah. my house. And service your moon. I, th- I think that's Beautiful. really interesting because when I was 17, I went to a, a conference in, in Bath um, on the United Nations. It was all about the United Nations and about global issues. And, and I met three men who spent their entire lives working for the United Nations all with obvious a lot of dedication and everything. And my takeaway from that was the only thing I can really change in the world is myself. Yes, it's so <laughs> true. It's so true. And, and, and there's consequences, but we do get back down to our conditioning as to, mm-hmm. and the values of it and all that. I want to go ahead and see, okay, Laura, you started this research, which I'm glad, and I kind of carried it forward. But just looking at 200 years, it was in 1817 and 1874, back in the 19th century. And then in the la- the previous century, there were different things, which we, I mean, flipped. In other words, it was the opposite, yep. polar opposite, which we may get into or not. But let's look at some of these. So it was Saturn, the exact ones for Saturn in Aquarius, such as we're experiencing North Node Taurus, South Node Scorpio, was March 13th, 1817, and then and then today here, 1874 and 2022. Wow. Pull that up. Yeah, so, so here I was, mm-hmm. I was surprised I had to go so far back. given that you know the nodes are there every 20 years saturn's there every 28 and i had to go back 
you know, 150 years to see this again, not even close It happens to that realize. far. When you pull it out over a thousand years, yeah, it's not real frequent. It's every hundred or um, 200 years. And just again, like I, I like looking to the history because um, it can give, I mean, even for ourselves, right? When you have a transit that's a reoccurring transit that's not annual, right? It yep. can be helpful with the Jupiter transit to sort of think, okay, well, what happened 12 years ago? It's not going to be identical, but it might have some flavorings that are similar. And so looking back, okay, globally, what was happening when this occurred previously? And we had to had to go pretty far back. Um, so yeah, the, the furthest I went was, yeah, the founding of the New York Stock Exchange and Taurus and Scorpio govern resources as archetypes. Perfect. Right. Yeah. And so, and then this Saturn of this collective structure of, right. I mean, that's sort of what the stock exchange is, is this governing body. Well, and it, commerce. Yeah. Well, and of course, who, who knew when they founded it, that it was going to have a global impact. Yeah. Yeah. True. Just true. Yeah. And power and resources. It is fabulous. We'll keep going. So here is that chart. There's quite a few here. We don't have too many minutes and it's okay. Not just, and I don't, I mean, I don't have a time. Focus. So, you know, it was, may have been, I don't know what the time of day was when the stock exchange was founded, but it's sort of immaterial to some degree because we're looking more collectively of how right. this transit affects us globally. Um, but so, yeah, it was at 29, the moon was involved with this particular one. Um, so there's no recorded time for which is there? I, there might have been. I was just looking at historical dates okay. and. But you um, know what's interesting and this about isn't Yeah, I think it was actually to the day. But, but I will I was, say, go ahead about about the moon. That from what I understand from an investor who Edward Jones is that the stock market is regulated emotionally. I mean, look at that, the moon. Yes, it's it's an emotional thing, whereas. The, your businesses might be very productive and they may make good dividends because they're very strong, but the, but the, but the stock itself goes up and down not necessarily the dividends. Mm -hmm. And there it is. There's that moon. Shall we go on and look at your next? Uh, oh, wait a minute. What did I see? Chiron. Look at that. Chiron and the, what do you the think? Sun is that almost exactly conjunct. In Pisces. Oh so goodness. we have a lot of a delusion around or like a lot An of illusion. issues yeah. around, around, you know, for that period. But I think. And it's square. Saturn is square. Uh, well, right. That This is the chart of this exact square. So oh, not, of course. Okay. I, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm getting lost. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to go on now. Go down. This one was a reversal. I don't know mm -hmm. if we want to do that. It had North node in Scorpio. So, so but, but still, you still get mm -hmm. the Saturn in Aquarius. Um, and so Dostoevsky's first book, Poor Folk, right? And so again, this idea that Scorpio and Taurus dealing with commerce, with finance, um, and collective accountability or responsibility, which was so much of what Dostoevsky wrote about, right? Was personal accountability. Crime and punishment is all about mm. personal accountability. And what happens when you're not accountable, right? And so Texas, it was a theme of, and the mm. finding of, and Texas becomes a state. That um, mines. Right around mines. this period, within a couple yeah. days of this. Um, wow. 
Right. So there was his. So I didn't have a time, obviously. I just had the date that the book was published. Um, But again, so that's at 15. Okay. So we'll go. And then on uh, here's an exact square, such as we're experiencing. This was the second time from 1817 to 1874. And you brought up an interesting fact that, that as of this date, I believe that England elected this gentleman. Yeah, so the election was, I think, to the day of the Mm -hmm. square. But then the following year, this British prime minister was responsible for these acts that were really fit into this archetype like a glove. Yeah, I brought Um, this up from Wikipedia because it was a public health. And as you said, it was really to... And interestingly, it had to do about the... um, um, because Scorpio has everything to do about the lower colon, right? I mean, it's our waste <laughs> products. Yeah. And well, then, so, yeah. So know? that public health and also allowing for unions. Yes. The and the Aquarius. Act, right. So, so that's the chart from when he was elected. Yeah. Um, so it's interesting. And we get these... a grand square with Uranus. So maybe, yeah, going on. Yeah. Um, hmm for that election. Yeah, it's fascinating. Um, and Let's see. Then this one here is again now we're we're taking both are being no, the, the same north node, so we're still looking at our self-reliance, but Saturn instead of with the um And there wasn't one. There was this huge gap. I double checked it. Between the 1870s and 1948, there was not a time Saturn squared the nodes when they were in this nodal access between 1870. As I say it, that happens if when you look out over a year, a thousand years. But here this year, it was interesting that there was a triple conjunction, which doesn't often happen. The only time I saw it since the year 1000 with Saturn in Aquarius was in 1315. Uh-oh, are we going to lose? And that, yeah. <laughs> and that was when um, there was a great famine. So here you had um, the opposite, but in rather, cons- well, Gandhi died. That was not constructive, but exactly. Except that he, you know, I read because of this, Laura, that he said the night before, if I die from illness, because he was not well, then I will be like it would be um, he'd be a false prophet. But if I get shot or 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 assassinated, yeah, that then I will be the Mahatma, the, the, the great prophet. So it was interesting to think that this here, this guy, his demise did open up this tremendous teachings that he had. Very Scorpionic, isn't it? And the global impact, right? Mm-hmm. That's, yes, that's part of that. It is. And then Israel became a state. So anyway, it's been a fascinating, we're in a fascinating time, all of us. And going to the moon, like not the moon, going to outer space, well, like you said, Leslie. Yeah, we're going to get shut off. <laughs> okay. Thank you, everybody, very much. 
Thank you for joining us on Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and her panel of guests connect soul growth patterns with the energetic cycles of astrology. Be sure to tune in next Sunday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time to continue your journey through the roots of the cosmic pathway.